Chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I'm very excited to have Andrea Lampert on the show today. Andrea is the Vice President of People for Proficient. Andrea, thank you so much for making the time to be on the show today. I'm so excited about our conversation. I am really excited too. It's completely my honor. Happy to be here. So you and I have known each other for, I don't even know, I was thinking this morning, how long have I known Andrea? And I think we initially met when we were on the executive leadership team for Go Red for Women. That's it, exactly. And you were working at the time, you were at rehab care. That's right. I moved to St. Louis in 2007. And I was with rehab care for the first five years I was here. So sometime in that time frame. Yes. We were a staffing partner for you at rehab care. I want to talk about that, but let's go back. So you're from Boston. And so I want to go back to kind of how you grew up. And then let's talk a little bit about your educational journey. And then we'll hop into your career because you've done a lot of things in your career. And I want to talk about that. Sure. So I am from Boston, born, raised, and uh, spent a good part of my life in Boston. My family was, you know, my everything growing up. I grew up in one home. I had the great fortune of never moving and being very planted where we were, which was very exciting. My dad owned a transportation company with his two brothers. And something about that that just is so important to me is he worked by design, his choosing the night shift because he had trucks going up and down the eastern seaboard all night long. So what that meant was two things. One was he was always home for dinner, which was really great. And so the family unit and dinner was, you know, just like today, we kind of read about. We don't always get that, right? Because we're so busy. But he really inspired me to think a lot about family and what that meant for me, you know, as I continued to grow up. He also inspired me to appreciate an incredible work ethic. Because here was someone who worked, you know, against the grain, if you will. He was always gone at night and, you know, he came home and still did things during the day and was just really focused on doing his best and then always used to tell me, do your best and the rest will follow. So very inspirational, just super, super upbringing in terms of um, really being embraced by my family, my parents and helping me appreciate that anything I wanted to do, I could do. 
When I was 10 years old, my grandmother was actually sick in a hospital bed in our family room. And I took care of her to the degree a 10-year-old could take care of a very sick grandmother. As I did that, I said, I want to be a nurse. And from the age of 10, I carried that forward. I never let that go. So scroll forward as I was applying to colleges, I applied to nursing schools and I went to nursing school and I went to the University of Pennsylvania and love, love, love nursing school, love nursing, extremely inspirational, helping others, definitely a science and math kind of kid, if you will, and um, really embraced the nursing profession. I also went to school and had lots of friends that went to the Wharton School of Business at University of Pennsylvania. Ironically, as I went through nursing school, I often thought, hmm, that business side of the equation is really interesting. I always thought one of these days, someday in my life, I'm going to connect the dots between what I do as a nurse and what that means from a business perspective. I had no idea what that really looked like, but I always was inspired by that and thought, that there was some greater purpose that you know I could bring going forward. So scroll forward, and I had an opportunity as I was nursing and clinical nursing. My clinical experience was primarily in the area of oncology. And as I was in hospitals doing nursing, I was also going to grad school, got my master's degree in nursing. I was focused on being a clinical specialist and staff development. And, you know, as I look back now, it's easy to say, oh, staff development, kind of an early thread of HR, right? But never knew it at the time, but just really liked helping others, really liked teaching others, really liked the art of nursing. Ultimately, when I achieved my master's degree in nursing, I found an opportunity. The opportunity was to actually join a business of healthcare, an organization that was providing infusion therapy services to patients at home. And I could come in from a nursing perspective and help them grow their programs, right? Staff development. But I also could appreciate and understand and start to learn how a business worked. The organization had just gone public. It had branches throughout the U.S. and was growing rapidly. So step in to the world of business with my clinical hat on. The rest has just been evolution. So I migrated from being a clinician to then going into operations, running healthcare branches for this very company, moving into another company then after that, that was a startup, getting involved in mergers, acquisitions, startup growth, and just really found myself on the business side of healthcare. And it was really exciting. One company I was with, I led operations for the organization, and we had four divisions, and one division was a staffing company. That's when I started thinking, wow, this connection between talent and business and growth was really, really interesting. And that really, I'll say, was you know when I put my toe in the water of what it meant to think about things from a human resource perspective. And scroll forward, I ended up going to a staffing organization. I ended up doing recruiting, executive recruiting for a few years. And ultimately, when I moved to St. Louis 13 years ago in 2007, it was to join Rehab Care, as you and I just talked about, to lead talent acquisition for that organization. I would say that was the time it was when I was officially HR. So I had been doing staffing, been doing recruiting, but then I stepped into being officially HR. What 
I found was just so incredible about stepping into HR with the background that I had, with a clinical hat in healthcare, with an operations hat in healthcare, I could really appreciate and understand what was happening in the business. I will say from this day forward, business acumen, a really, really important skill for any human resources professional or individual. That was a lens that I viewed my HR journey with, which um, has proven to be really, really helpful. It has. And you've had just an amazing career. As a little 10-year-old girl, you loved helping your grandmother. You loved helping her. But you're still helping people. I mean, because that is what HR does, right? I mean, it's really the development of people, the recruitment of the right people. And organizations, let's face it, really, Andrea, it's people. (laughs) You know, certainly you've got to have other elements to make an organization successful. But it's really about the people and putting the right teams together and that sort of thing. So, and you probably really got into kind of even from your clinician side, the psychology of all of that. I think the neuroscience and the psychology of the people component is really fascinating too. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's interesting too, having a career that's been primarily healthcare. And of course, I have pivoted now and it's not primarily healthcare today. It is all about people, and it is understanding that in the healthcare business and really in the business I'm in today, which I can talk about for sure, our product is our people. So I'm a vice president of people. In reality, it's really like a product owner, and the product is the organization, and the people are really ultimately the customers that we want to ensure have the most successful journey. And I view my role as the one who helps to bring out the best and everyone who brings out the best for the organization. I love that. And we're going to get into that because I know that you've started some employee resource groups and things like that where you are. So it's bringing out the best in people is the key. So after rehab care, that's when you you moved and went to Express Scripts. And you were in HR at Express Scripts. You had a couple of different roles at ESI, I believe, right? So, you know, when I was with Rehab Care, that was when I made the conscious decision to what I call go wide in HR. So I landed in HR. I looked back and thought, okay, this was a really interesting journey. And everything I've done up until now has been so instrumental in helping me land in HR. And now I want to really understand and appreciate what human resources is all about. And so when I say going wide, in addition to talent acquisition at rehab care, I started getting involved in other areas of what I'll call corporate HR and taking care of our business professionals in our corporate office from a human resources perspective. I also wanted to be sure that I was grounded with some knowledge and just had the foundation so that I could feel confident that as an HR professional, I had some of the basics. So I got a master's certificate in human resources management. I went and sat for and achieved my senior professional and HR certification. Those were all really important. So I had some foundational backing, right? An opportunity to think about what HR really was from that foundational perspective. And then as I journeyed from rehab care to Express Scripts, it was continuing what I call going wide. I joined Express Scripts, actually not in the talent acquisition space originally. When I joined Express Scripts, it was on the HR business partner side of human resources, really partnering with the business 
to help the organization really think about people and bringing out the best in people. And over my time at Express Scripts, a very exciting journey. Of course, that's a growing organization. When I left Express Scripts, I had oversight in many different areas of HR, talent acquisition, talent management, organization development, HR analytics, HR communication, HR strategy. So again, continuing that going wide trajectory and really learning all that I could every step of the way in human resources. Andrea, obviously you have seen a lot of different organizations, a lot of different ways of doing things, a lot of different function areas within HR. And I've always said HR is huge. Really, HR is huge. If you look at the whole umbrella of HR, there's so many different things that you can do. But how do you continue to grow? And you've already kind of talked to me a little bit about that. You went and got a certificate in HR. You went and got professionally certified. Was it through uh, SHRM? That's right. And so we've got to continue to do that, do we not? Because change is inevitable. Our world is changing at an incredibly fast pace. And so we have got to, for our own selves, continue to grow and to learn and step into those. (laughs) You never should get comfortable, Andrea. That is so true. And in fact, I always say, learn to be comfortable when you're uncomfortable. Learning is so key. And, you know, frankly, we're having this podcast during COVID and obviously so much has changed and shifted in how we work, also how we learn. And there's a silver lining in everything that we're going through. And it's important for us to look at that. And I will say there's been incredible opportunities to be able to continue learning right in the seat of my desk, right? With micro learning, with all the different webinars, with all the different networking, the connections. It's actually, dare I say, even easier to connect with others regularly now because we get to do it on video, right? And that's not to say that the personal element is something that we all miss and and I do as well, but there's great opportunities to continue to learn, to continue to connect and grow. Mm-hmm. You and I love our lunches and our, our breakfast at Mimi's. <laughs> and I love all of that, but I could not. Coffee agree. chats are important. I could not agree with you more though. I mean, I do believe it has made it just a little bit easier. The other thing that I just want to point out, Andrea you started as a nurse and we always talk about like with young people, most young people are not like you at 10 and knew you wanted to be a nurse. Most are like, I don't know exactly what I want to do with my life. Two things though. One is you said at one point, you've got to do what fuels your passion. Find out what you're passionate about, you know, because if you are passionate about something, those other things, your work ethic, all of that is going to flow from that. So why be doing something that you're not passionate about? And then the second point that I want to bring out is it's okay to pivot. You totally pivoted. And sometimes I'm just like, you just got to go. You got to go. You got to start experiencing. And when you do, things are going to come in your path that maybe you never even thought about before. But until you get out there and go, you may not know about those things. That's absolutely true. It's actually very exciting to pivot, but it is also about appreciating that you may be uncomfortable. I hired someone fairly recently who's 150% ready to step into this fabulous role. And she said to me, I'm so excited about this job. And if I'm honest with you, I'm actually a little scared. I said, I am so thrilled that you said that because we're going to partner. 
and you're going to find lots of resources around you. And you have this, you've totally got this, but this is also going to be really fabulous incremental growth for you. And the passion that you have is going to help you really immerse yourself in what you need to be successful. Could not agree more. Well, we've got so much more to talk about, Andrea, but we need to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Andrea Lampert. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to take a second and tell you about something our team at Technology Partners can do for your business. We have spent over two decades partnering with organizations and helping them solve their IT needs from a 360-degree perspective. A huge part of how we solve those needs is by developing custom applications of all shapes and sizes. If your team is looking for software and an out-of-the-box solution just isn't right, it's time to consider how we might be able to help. Go to tpi.co slash custom apps and learn more about our awesome capabilities. So welcome back, Andrea. I have to ask you, how have you seen technology helping you in your role? I mean, it's evolved a lot, I know, and you can even talk about that journey. Sure, absolutely. Given my earlier story talking about Pivot, I've been in technology at Proficient now for about six months, so just started. Really fascinating environment. And given where we are today with all the challenges that we're facing, technology has enabled such incredible opportunities for businesses that we work with at Proficient to reach out to their customers. But technology from an HR perspective is something that for our focus today, it's really about how technology can help us with the employee experience My focus is on bringing out the best in people, but it's also about when I think of the people as our product and the organization as our product, that customer satisfaction and success is really about how we enable the experience to be easy for our employees. And that's where technology is an enabler. And I view technology absolutely hands down as an enabler. And I'm always quick to say it's really important to understand and appreciate that technology enables good process, or frankly, technology could enable bad process. The beginning is to have good process. So we are really focused today on our processes and ensuring that we are building the right flexible, scalable organization to be able to continue to grow. And then we have an opportunity and excited about this to look at how technology then can enable our process. So great opportunity, uh, lots of room for technology to help us from an HR perspective. I will also say, though, you know, we think about digital and the digital world. Talent attraction is, you know, all about that. So how we show up in the market from a social media perspective and what our digital footprint looks like is really, really important to us and really helps us with ensuring that wherever the best and brightest are, that they have an opportunity to understand what it means to be with us. In fact, we're stepping into some of our um, employee brand promise work where we're really working to be able to articulate why do people join Proficient? Why do people stay with Proficient and want to do their best work here? And then how do we take that what I'll call to market, right? How do we utilize the power of social media and digital technology to help us share our story? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so important. We say now with technology and with all the resources out there, 
employees as well as your prospective clients know more about you before you ever have that first meeting. Yes, they do. The talent out there is very savvy. They are looking at, like you said, what is your digital footprint look like? Who are you as a company? And if you do not have a strategy around that, you need a strategy around that because they're looking at all those. They're looking at your social media posts. They're looking at things like Glassdoor, Andrea. Yes, every day. It's incredibly critical. Yeah. So if you think that you can just hobble along without having a strategy in those areas, you're probably not going to attract everybody that you'd want to attract because that's where they're looking. I'll never forget, Andrea, a few years ago being at our office in Charlotte. We had an office in Charlotte and I recall having dinner and a gentleman said, well, what do you do? And I was telling him, he said, you know, my daughter works for a company like yours. And do you know how she went about deciding who she wanted to work for? She went to the top workplaces and she started down the list. So people know more about you before you ever take that first meeting. So that is very, very true. And I appreciate that you talk about top workplaces too. That is something that in most of our offices across the US, we are very focused on looking at, you know, how we participate in the communities not just as a top workplace as it relates to the job people are doing, but really how people can bring their whole self to work. And that's really important to us across the organization. Well, we are, I guess, in a sense, competitors, but we're friendly competitors. (laughs) And you guys are in a much different space. You're publicly traded. We're still privately owned. There's a lot of differences between us, but we both have this issue, as many companies do, Andrea, the talent gap. And if we don't talk about this, I I had said to you, it kind of appears like we're deaf because this is such a big initiative and a big concern for so many right now is the technology talent gap. So tell me your thinking around that and how are we going to address this talent gap in your mind? There's lots of different opportunities. I'll think about women in technology to start because I think that's such an important area of opportunity and of growth. And when I think about women in technology, I also think about the latter in its entirety. And what I mean by that is how do we help women at the top of the ladder continue to grow? But how do we also, you know, there's a bottom rung theory, right? How do we get people to even take the first step? And that's a lot of what we're spending time focusing on. So it's a combination of, A, how do we partner with, whether it's universities or boot camps or coding schools, and help and sponsor folks to be able to, maybe that are underrepresented, not able to actually step into their own technology career? How do we hold their hand and help them step into technology? So I can assure you, you'll see a lot more of that coming from Proficient, which is really exciting. And, you know, that's growing your own. The other piece is campus, right? How do we help people on campuses? And quite frankly, how do we get to high school kids too, right? To talk about STEM, but how do we help people on campuses land that career that is going to help them utilize their skills of today, but grow their skills and continue to grow their skills and continue to grow in the world of technology? So those are some really important focus areas 
for us to be able to address how we bring talent to technology. I 100% agree with you, Andrea. And we're even going farther. We're starting even earlier than that. We're saying, let's get kindergartners, you know, excited about technology and girls. And so there's so many things out there. We've just got to kind of pull it together and collaborate. And I believe 100% we can move the needle on this. I really do. So we had talked about women in technology, and I know one of the things that you have been doing since you've come into Proficient is now you have formed an employee resource group. So I know you've done this because we didn't talk about this, but after Express Groups, you went to BJC. So you have been in a lot of different organizations. For those HR professionals out there, tell us what an employee resource group is and how would they even go about maybe starting something like that? An employee resource group, Frankly, I'll tell you, having started them or been a part of starting them at Express Scripts as well as BJC, it's really an opportunity for like-minded individuals and diverse individuals, so I said two different things, right, to be able to get together and connect. And what I mean by that is if you think about from a women in technology perspective, the first thing you would logically think of is, okay, that's a group of women, but we have allies, Allies are those who support women. How you identify with an employee resource group is in many different ways. But what it offers is the opportunity for people across an organization, across the globe, to be able to connect, to be able to network, to be able to learn, to be able to grow. And our focus, of course, is definitely on career development and how we help women grow in technology. It's a really exciting story at Proficient. We had a grassroots group that started before I joined the organization for women in tech. And of course, there's lots of women in tech groups throughout the country. But at Proficient, a group of women started to get together and you know, really worked off, frankly, a team site, right, to be able to connect with one another. That's often how employee resource groups start. They're driven by the employees. They're led by the employees. It becomes a volunteer act of passion. And then what I had an opportunity to do is come in and say, let us put some structure to this. Let us put some resources behind us. Let us really think about the leadership of this group, the meaning, the charter, what it is we want to actually do, and let us exponentially grow our people and their journey. In the time that I've come on board, there were just under about 150 members on that team site, and now we're over 500 and growing daily. And we're super excited about it. And we're bringing lots of different education, connection, community to that group. So we're really excited about it. I absolutely love that. But yeah, I want to get into something extra. So Andrea, have you seen like a something extra in a team member or was there a something extra or a leadership misstep for you? Because sometimes I feel like, you know, we are not perfect people. And sometimes I feel like people can learn from, you know, our insights, but they can also learn from the things that maybe we didn't do right, you know, and we can share those experiences and that helps other people grow. I would not say it is a misstep versus something that we always need to keep top of mind, right? So sometimes we're so focused on the outcome of what we do that the steps we may miss along the way is really celebrating those wins and really celebrating the learnings along the way. 
the outcome, we always want to be successful. We always want to be positive. Sometimes it's not, yet the celebration moments can always be there because there's learning that can happen. I recently heard, which I thought was, it really resonated with me. We always learn the most in the extremes. So the best of times and the worst of times is when we really have an opportunity to reflect on those moments and that's where our growth happens. So it is important to be able to think about those moments. And then again, as I said, always taking a moment to celebrate And it can be easier said than done because we're very busy, we're very productive, we're very focused on the outcome. But thinking about the missed opportunities to celebrate and celebrating people is really important. One thing that I do, it's really very simple, but I've been very intentional about it is at the end of a conversation with one of my team members or at the end of an email where someone's given me some information or anything like that, I use three words. I say, I appreciate you. Mm. There are three simple words. They've become just part of what I do. And It's really meaningful. It is. Who does not want to be appreciated and valued? We all do. Absolutely. I think it's a basic human need, actually. (laughs) So you have the opportunity to do that. But to your point, if we don't take the time, if we don't slow down, we'll miss those opportunities. That's right. Very good. So what do you believe is the something extra every leader needs, Andrea? I can answer this so many ways, but I will say to act with intention and to be resourceful. And what I mean by that is really making an intentional choice about being the leader that you want to be, and then act on it with planning and with forethought. So a simple thought is really asking yourself, what do I want to be known for? And then how does that show up? And then how do I make sure of that? To go back to, I appreciate you. For me, it's I want to help other people know that they're valued So what are the simple things that I can do, but I must be intentional about doing them. I must have planned that I do that and to be able to do that. So it's about being deliberate. It's about developing habits that demonstrate who you are. And it's also about recognizing that leadership is a journey. So it's important to never stop learning about how to be even better. And then, you know, I would say as it relates to being resourceful, enabling connections is really a gift that we have to give to others. We all know someone or something that may be able to help another person. So make that connection. People want to feel connected and everyone does have a story. And it's really important to just appreciate how we can help others and how we can continue to inspire that connection and that belonging. I do reflect at the end of a day, how did I help someone today? That's really powerful for my own happiness and gratitude, but it's also really powerful for others. I love that. And I could tell some anecdotal stories, uh, but we don't have time for that right now. But you guys have something coming up and I want you to have the opportunity to tell our listeners because you said we may be able to create a movement. So there may be other listeners out there that want to get on board with what you're doing. Thank you, Lisa. This is super exciting. I'm really excited about something that we're stepping into at Proficient. So it's been a challenging year for individuals, for communities across the world. And so our job really at Proficient we feel, is to pay it forward with kindness. So we have embarked on a Making a December Difference campaign. So this December, each and every proficient colleague, and this is across the globe, received $100 
with instructions to spread kindness in their community by giving it away to someone in need or to a cause that's meaningful to them. So in total, we'll have nearly half a million dollars donated across the world. It connects us globally. It empowers our colleagues to make a difference. It inspires them to involve their families. It inspires pride in who we are and what we do. So worldwide, nearly 4,500 employees will be participating. And we're just huge believers of giving back to the communities where we live and where we work. And, you know, we understand that making the world a better place really happens one person at a time. We're going to ask our colleagues to share their stories of how they donated the money, what they did to inspire others. And um, we want to inspire others in all the communities where we are to continue paying it forward by doing small acts of kindness and generosity within their communities this holiday season. So we're super excited to be rolling that out. Well, I'm excited too, because I do believe all of us can do what we can do. And we realize that not all companies can do that, give $100 to their employees, but do what you can. The most important part of this whole campaign, frankly, is how we help others feel empowered to help others. And I would urge any of our listeners, um, if you're interested, to look at social media, look at our website. We're going to be sharing stories of the inspiration and how people were able to help others. I love it. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for being an exemplary for all of us and what we need to be doing. Andrea, this has been so much fun. Thank you for making the time. I think we could just sit here for hours and hours, but thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been fun. Thank you so much. I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.